Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Francisco Machado, Group Operations Director for Iconic Luxury Hotels. Coming up on today's show, Francisco goes on the offensive. Just shut up and crack on with it. Phil thinks he's in 2020. And where's all the toilet paper gone? And Francisco shoots himself in the foot. Money is not everything, and, uh, you know, hopefully my bosses are not listening to that. All that and so much more as Francisco chats us through his story and journey to date. Francisco has a cracking journey, and there are more than a few excellent lessons all the way through our chat. It's clear that he's doing what he was born to do, and talks passionately about hospitality. It's wonderful to hear. A massive thank you to Francisco for making time for us in his full-on schedule. It's so good to be back doing these chats with the incredible people that make hospitality what it is. And we've got more incredible stories to share in the coming weeks. So please don't forget to give us a like, subscribe and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, your host, Phil Street. Today, we're back in hotels and not only that, but iconic hotels. And when I say iconic, I mean iconic. Currently, this chap is the Group Operations Director for Iconic Luxury Hotels and the still General Manager of the absolutely iconic Cliveden House, amongst many an extracurricular activity, including involvement with the IOH, Springboard, Bridging the Skills Gap, the Institute of Directors, and the Thames Valley Chamber of Commerce. I've absolutely no idea how he's made time for us today, but I am delighted to welcome Francisco Macedo. Hello, Phil. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, I mean, how, how do how do I take on from from that introduction? Guys? Yeah, do you want to leave it there? We, <laughs> yeah, we just it. leave it yeah. there. And, Francisco and had a great on. story. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, wow! You um, you like to keep yourself busy by the looks of things. Definitely, I, I'm a believer that uh, when when you are so busy, when you've got a lot of other things going, you, you you literally all the time you dedicate, you make the most out of it. So every activity you do, you really try to make sure you take take everything you can from that activity. So I think when you've got plenty of free time, it's very easy to actually just let things run and and take you know you don't make those decisions because you, you've got time to your hands and so on so i always think when you're busy and you're juggling so many hats you actually need to to, to get on with it and make those decisions and, and make the world move so um so yeah definitely like being involved uh, in a lot of different things but certainly involved in anything that that means that i can give back to to the industry uh, that's very much my my priority in every everything i do so yeah no absolutely you and i haven't uh, met for any great length of time uh, in the past but we had I've bumped into each other at networking events uh, and the like you always carry uh, a wonderful smile and energy for this industry and that was one of the reasons why i, I wanted to to get you on notwithstanding what you've got your head in now, which we'll obviously come on to as we as we progress the chat down the line. But no, I take my hat off to you with um, everything that you're you've got going, and I love that ethos of keep yourself busy, keeps you focused, meaning that you probably are a bit more productive. 
Definitely. I, I, I'm pretty sure about that. I, I think you definitely make the decisions. You know you can't waste time. You know you need to move on to, to the next thing. Therefore, you do it and you do it well. You do you, you think it through and you do it well to start with. So you don't have to go back and redo it again or, or make that decision or analysis or whatever it may be. And, and, you know, th- th- there are a lot of synergies in everything I do uh, from from the Institute of Hospitality to bridging the skills gap to springboard to, to, to my day job, per se, <laughs> the one that pays my bills. Uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly, they, they all link together. And I think that's that's a, a key piece. Yeah. And I think that that mentality you've got of giving back is very much uh, it's a hospitality mentality, right? It's um, service of others when your own capacity allows you to definitely again it goes back to you know we're so used to service others where you know uh, you, you go to to a restaurant and you're entering but someone is coming out and you open the door for them automatically because that's just what you do yeah and and, and, and anything you do you've got hospitality in your mind and 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 in your blood really so so i think it, it comes natural and uh, that element of giving back is is very much what us in hospitality tend to, to tend to focus on. And uh, you know there are some so many great examples of of leaders in our industry that give back uh, a lot and and continue to do so. And I thought, yeah. you know, that that's that's key key to the future of the industry. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I could not agree more. Great. Okay. Well, as as discussed, we'll we'll get into what you've got your he- head into. At the 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 second three hours that we that we talked today, <laughs> um, but um, before we get into that, take us through your story. How did you get into to hospitality in the first place? Uh, so, how much time we have? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's. Um... I mean, in many ways, is a story that a lot of people share in the industry. Uh, I started working in hospitality as uh, first helping my parents and in, in, in my parents' businesses and um, just just to kind of be busy, but help the family, really. Yeah. And then when I turned uh, when I turned 15, I decided to go and work in hotels because I was working in hotels and I was still studying. But my idea was that actually I would work in hotels as a way of getting pocket money. And, and you know, without having to be dependent on my parents, without having to worry about, you know, do I have enough money to, to go out and, uh, you know, and, and celebrate or wherever it may be. There's a, a, an entrepreneurial spirit straight away, <laughs> quite early on. Yeah, yeah I, I think that really kind of shaped to, to where I am today and, and, and hopefully how my future evolves. But at that time, my idea of, you know, if I'm able to pay my own bills, I'm not dependent on anyone, I can do whatever I want, and no one can really tell me off for spending all my money because it's my money. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I started working in hotels, I was still studying, and uh, I decided to actually, I was studying during the day, and I used to finish, you know, my, my uh, college per se, uh, at around 5 p.m. And then I would go to work in an hotel, which was a five-star property. And initially I started as a commie waiter. And um, literally, it was, I remember my first six months, I was polishing cutlery. At that time, this is now 22 years ago, uh, you weren't even allowed to go on the floor and talk to talk to guests because, you know, you didn't have enough experience. You were just a commie <laughs> in 
in, in that mindset uh, and how the world has evolved. Thank God for that. But yeah, and and I remember my first six months, I was definitely polishing cutlery every single day. I think I could just dream about the cutlery noise and the rack, uh, the racks, and all of that. Carry on working in hotels and uh, and and studying, and my idea was actually. Hotels was always a pocket money kind of thing. Was never a career, right? Okay. Uh, so it was never what, what, never what I wanted. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, how the world has changed. So yeah. it was never what I wanted as a career, and and I guess my parents are to, a bit to blame for it because uh, they always said, you know, you don't want to work in hospitality because it's it's hard work and uh, it's long hours and, and so on. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get that. And I actually wanted to be a doctor. And uh, so I wanted to go and study, wanted to go and study medicine. And uh, in fact, uh, almost did. So I finished, uh, finished college and, and did, did all my, exams and so on and got to university to study medicine and we're still working in hotels and then actually decided that medicine wasn't for me and just before talking a little bit through uh, why I decided it wasn't for me I think actually medicine and and uh, or being a doctor and, and and working in hospitality got a lot of things that are very similar okay and go on explain <laughs> um you generally work long hours on both Right. You generally look after people on both. Yeah. You generally got a duty of service to to people in general. Yeah. You see people in their greatest moments when they're celebrating, you know, birth of a new baby, celebration in an hotel or whatever may be. Yeah. And you see people through their most difficult times as well. Uh, you see people that they as an hotelier, they have your property in the bucket list. They just want to come and experience before you know the world takes uh, takes the best part of them and 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 you know they're, they're terminally ill or whatever it may be and they just want to that experience yeah and the same as a doctor you see people through during those times where they don't necessarily want to come and see you but you know you can you can help making their pain a bit a bit easier yeah if yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense and uh, as i said you know you, you work long hours on both of them but um and on both of them in most cases, you've got the sense of um, achievement because you've helped someone on that day. Being um, being as a doctor, being in, in in hotels or hospitality in general, where where you know that you've made that person's day a little bit better than it was to start with. And um, a lot of people don't look at at, at those comparisons, but I, I definitely think that there is a lot more to share in between the two. Yeah, uh, you've um, you've con- you've convinced me for sure. Uh, but but let's not. I mean, obviously we we have uh, something of a, a bit of a staffing issue at the moment. But let's not go steal doctors out of that. Um, that we need them as well for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We need them uh, across all the industries at the moment. Yeah. But uh, as I was saying, uh, I decided I didn't want to do or, or medicine anymore. But initially, I thought I'm quite young. I was 17. I had been working in hotels for two, two and a bit years. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm quite good at this. I'm, I'm quite good at meeting people. And I love talking. I love socializing. I love meeting new people and new nationalities. So, so I was like, well, maybe, maybe 
maybe I will do another year in hospitality because I'm very young and then I will go back to university and I will study medicine. Maybe that's what I can do. You can imagine how my parents took that, especially my mom. She was like, you get back, you go back and do what you said you're going to do. You never, never go to follow a career in hospitality because, you know, it's, it's really hard work and, and, and you know, it, it's not as rewarding and so on. And um, I said to my mom, well, I've decided I'm just going to carry on working in hotels. I'm just going to be a waiter. And that's it. So... Right. <laughs> so that created a few frictions to start with but uh, <laughs> uh but i think you know instead of a year i took several years break from university uh whilst working in hotels and um it's lucky enough at 19 years old i was already running a restaurant uh, in one of the five-star properties being a japanese restaurant actually and uh and it was the first japanese restaurant in madeira island where i come from originally and um i was i was lucky i had the right coach the right mentors the right people supporting me and uh and and developed quite quickly but i was keen to succeed as well and 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 i guess that perhaps really played a part because i was keen to show to my mom and to my parents in general both of them that actually working in hospitality was amazing and and it is amazing and therefore was really better than be a doctor so i carry on working in hotels and um i always would have focused that okay if one day i decide that i'm bored of it i will just go go back and study medicine Hmm. Um, joined another hotel company, which is called Pistan Hotels and Resorts. They, they they now have 105 hotels worldwide. And and um, I joined them. And originally when I joined them, I remember meeting with this general manager. And uh, he says to me, oh, uh, the only position I've got for you is a chef de rang, and equivalent to a chef de rang in the UK. And you're going to have to take a few steps down from where you are currently to be able to to, to get that position and it doesn't really make sense financially I was like well I don't really care I just want to learn how the hotel is growing and and how this group which was a privately owned this one one man only uh Dionisio Pistano which is an amazing guy and um he, he you know he started with one hotel that his father initially set up and and now now today has 104 105 hotels worldwide and I was like, I, I really need to understand how, how one person is making this amount of money and actually buying and acquiring properties so quickly. Mm. So uh, this general manager then says to me, okay, well, if that's what you want, then that's what you want. And that's fine. So, so I joined him and uh, very quickly, uh, you know, I learned the hard way, I guess, because I had my, my restaurant manager at the time had been working for the company for 35 years. So, wow. you right. know, and I was, I was just, I, I was the kid on the block and, and, you know, my way or the train. highway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember him saying to me once, he says, Francisco, people like you will come and go and I still got to be here. So just shut up and crack <laughs> on with it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, that, <laughs> this is going to be difficult. <laughs> set, set the, uh, the bar and uh, you know where the bar is. Definitely. So so I, I, I carry on working with them and very quickly actually convinced this restaurant manager, amazing guy, that actually I knew a little bit about what I was talking about. And, and you know, 
I was keen to succeed and I wouldn't let anything actually make me fail. So uh, he then helped me actually to and 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 spoke to the general manager at the time and said that I was right to be uh, promoted and and take over eventually take over the food and beverage operation on this property, which was then becoming his boss kind of thing, which which was incredible. Right. Um, yeah. At uh, so at this point in time, I was like, well, I've got the experience working in hotels. I need to I need to put some, you know, I wanted a certification that says you know what you're talking about. So I went to university to study hotels management, did private university. So I was working full time at one point running three of the uh, three of the properties. And uh, I was in the afternoon, I was literally going to university, doing all my exams and doing all of that. And, Here we go. And, this is going... the first keep busy, keep yourself yeah, busy, yeah. keep focused. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and for three years, for three years, effectively, I was doing I was managing these properties, food and beverage. I was going to university in the afternoon. I was going back then in the evening to to, to continue my shift per se. And, and literally for three years, no days off pretty much because you're constantly working on something, either assignments or anything you need to do. And I think that really set me to, to try and be as busy as I can be today uh, because I got so used to just be busy with a lot of different different things. So, so, so that's that's you know that's a big part of the history. In uh, how old were you at this point, Francesco? So I went to university to study hotels management when I was twenty-two. Okay, so um, well, still very young then, but actually you've backed up the the need to go and and find a qualification with five plus years of solid solid experience. And that was the advantage, was the fact that I, I had worked already my way through. I had learned the hard way as well. And actually having the qualification was just an element of saying, okay, well, you know, not only I have the experience, but I also got that qualification. But back then, and, and specifically in Madeira, it's almost like you do it, it, it. And I also wanted to prove to my parents that actually, you know, I just didn't you know, it's not like I just quit university and I'm not doing anything with my life. I just wanted to prove, actually, I know what I'm doing and, and it's going to pay off kind of yeah. thing. So in 2009, 2010, I decided to come to UK. Uh, and initially I said, uh, I want to come to UK to 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 do a year in the UK and just to gain experience. And then I will I will go back. And uh, I was I've involved heard, with... Uh... I've heard this story before. Um, <laughs> yeah. How many people just, just go somewhere for a year and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, well, it's uh, 12, 13 years now and uh, a lot of different properties I, I've worked at and, and learned with uh, a huge amount of people. And, and I love this country. It's my home now. And, you know, every time I go back to Madeira and I go, OK, well, actually, you know, I, I, I literally just go on holiday because you're a visitor. Yeah. I, my 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 life is in UK and I I really love it. I I love what UK has to offer from an hospitality point of view, but as a, an overall an overall country. And I think you know a, a lot of people underestimate how how good we have it sometimes. Here, here, yeah. I, they, I mean, for me, the UK hospitality scene is world class. You know, it 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 absolutely punches with the best of them uh, out there. You know, the cities. But also, you know, like you've got your, you've got both actually, haven't you? Under your remit, you've got city centre properties yeah. and a country yeah. house. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a country out there that does country house hotels like we do. 
definitely not. And, and, and that's actually one of the biggest reasons why I ended up staying in the UK is, I mean, you know, you know throughout my career, I had been working in 300, 300 plus bedroom hotels. So I was used to busy operations, 600 for breakfast, all of that. But the country house scene is something really special. And I think, uh, you know, UK has has the most amazing, uh, most iconic, excuse the pun. Uh, yeah, that's going to not be the first time we use that. For yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the world. So, and, and I think because the country has been so welcoming to, to a lot of people from different countries, really the best of hospitality has been built on, on these skills that were brought in and, and worked with the people from yeah. UK and, and develop it to, to be what it is today. And it, it's just amazing. Just yeah. amazing. I mean, I, I remember the people talk about this. This is still, you know, I'd love to say this is before my time, but it's before my time of being interested in hospitality. But in the eighties, you know, the food scene was ridiculed really in this country and um and now if you look at at places like obviously london but you know liverpool manchester leeds you know they're all breaking new ground um and actually you know it's such a diverse thing now that to to you know you can go and get food of any type uh, and, and that's been brilliant i, I think you know to- the way that the country has embraced the different cultures and adapted as well, because you, you've got you've got Asian influence, you've got you've got all sorts of influences now through our food scene, and it just shows how great actually our food is. And yep. dare I say, we've we've got certainly some of um, you know we, we've we've got some of the best restaurants in the world, yeah. uh, and and a lot of people, a lot of people are still. Uh, you know, I was talking to to an American group the other day, and saying to me, "Oh, we some of the Americans, and no no disrespect, still got this idea that it's fish and chips and shepherd's pie." And uh, I mean, it I still started, can be, but, but. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I said, you know, it's gone. You've got the best of both worlds. You've got the casual scene, which is amazing currently. I mean, the amount of casual restaurants out there yeah. that deliver amazing experiences with great quality ingredients and really lovely home feel but with 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 the uh, with with great touch uh, to to the fine dining scene to the michelin stars to, to anything so yeah. it's um it's an incredible country and um an incredible offer so yeah well I, i'm gonna flip that on its head and say that i think madeira is an incredible place <laughs> when i worked on cruise ships uh, it was the very first port that I went to that wasn't UK. Yeah. And I got I remember getting up at five o'clock in the morning to be up for arrival and watch the sunrise and all of that. Yeah. And it, to this day it still holds a very, very dear place in my heart. We used to be there a lot for New Year's Eve celebrations. Uh, and the fireworks yeah. out of Funchal yeah. were just just amazing. It's uh it's an incredible island and um I think, you know, dare I say the way the way we do hospitality in Madeira is 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 in your brain, is in your blood. That's that's what you do and and uh, you know, it's an incredible island for sure. The offering, the the quality of what it offers as well, and and you know, they always strive to be the best at what they do. And I think uh, I think that really plays an advantage um, to in relation to a lot of other islands that are equally as touristic. So yeah, yeah. First place that I ever tried octopus. 
was oh, really was in the city. Yeah. <laughs> I know that it's a, a, but you know, which is a big event for me back then because yeah, yeah, uh, at the yeah. beginning of my uh, my cruise ship career, I was pretty unadventurous with food. You know, I was yeah, I was steak and yeah. chips and fish and chips and yeah. pie and chips yeah. and everything with chips. But um, <laughs> thank thank goodness, travel changed my view of that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Madeira is a spectacular place. If if anyone listening has not been. Uh, I'd recommend it for sure. Uh, I, I also recall I that the the flight in can be a bit hairy. Uh, into yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, the airport it's an experience. has been ex- it's an experience. It, it, it is. If you make through that one, then it's fine. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, the reality is that a lot of pilots actually train in Madeira airports because of the crosswinds and and so on, where the location of the airport is. Certainly, landing can be quite uh, quite challenging uh, from from anyone that is not used to, and it's the first attempt. They go, okay, oh my god, yeah. But it, it's um, you know, it, it adds into the overall. Uh, feel yeah, of it absolutely and you know hundreds let's just caveat all of this with hundreds of flights land there safely every week so yeah. you know it's yeah. it's a very safe place to go and, definitely, um, definitely. but uh, anyway i digress a little bit that's uh that's, that's <laughs> never happened before ah uh, well that's a good sign <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're so you're in the uk um, I'm not talking now. Obviously, we'll go back to your kind of arrival in the UK because I don't I don't want to skirt over this because you've um, you've worked in. I mean, you're working for a company that's called Iconic Luxury Hotels, but you have also worked for other iconic luxury hotels. So just talk yeah. us through your, your UK journey. <laughs> um, I mean, in a funny, funny sort of way, actually, originally, when I first ca- uh, came to UK for my first year experience, per se, um, I joined Manor House in Castlecombe, part of Exclusive Hotels, actually. And it was a very short stint um, because some of the team uh, moved from Manor House in Castlecombe to Luton Hoo and, and I had just arrived. So it's kind of like, yeah, why not? I will move as well. Yep. So very quickly, uh, I moved to Luton Hoo and uh, run the bars and 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 the restaurant, um, the Smith's Brasserie and the club club area where all the food and beverage within that club area, which is, I mean, you know, Luton Hoo to me is a, an iconic property with an amazing history no and uh, a, a huge beast, 228 bedrooms, I think. So it's uh, a, a huge operation and uh, really taught me, taught me a few things in terms of how you know, how do you manage uh, so many people, uh, one, uh, but also how do you manage people from different different nationalities and so on? Because when I when I was working with Pestano Hotels, I had that experience of dealing with different nationalities, but I was almost like, you know, it's kind of my way or the highway. And I think, I think when you come to UK, you definitely need to adapt to to how people behave and how people react to how, how, how you direct them and, and help them to, to to succeed so so gave me a lot of experience in terms of dealing with uh, with people and um not not just guests but actually the the team members and um manage uh, quite a young a young team that in most cases especially around the bar team was very much um, a team that was equally as i was back in 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 the beginning they were working in hotels as a way of getting pocket money yep. and whilst they were studying to be to, to do something else and uh, 
I, I always remember saying, you know, there are a few particular individuals, uh, some uh, that I, I keep in touch today, but, um, and I remember saying to them, you know, just remember that, um, you know, you, you go out, they, they used to say to me, oh, why, why do I need to learn about cocktails? Why do I want to learn about wine if I don't want to follow this in my career or wherever? And yeah. um, one of one of the things I used to say to them was, well, you have to take that knowledge and imagine that if you're a man and 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 you've got a girlfriend or partner, whatever it may be, you 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 may want to go out and when you go out, you want to inter- you want to show that you know what you're talking about. You you know, being wine that you pick, you know what their flavor profile is, what they like. Do they like sweet drinks or they they don't, and so on. Yeah. And the more you learn about this. It will help you on your job, but also will help you on your personal life because ah, sure. as you as you mature and you you develop, then then you've gained a piece of knowledge that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to experience. Yeah. So and it it kind of it it. I mean that's that's a host, that's that's kind of uh, home hospitality, right? I mean if some if you're yeah. welcoming somebody into your house, yeah, and you one of the first things you do is kind of get your drink. You know, yeah. it's the difference between I, making a freeze-dried coffee versus a, you know, a barista-style quality coffee. I, I, exactly what you said. I say to my team, even today, we're a home, we're a house, we're not an hotel, we're not a traditional hotel. And and the reason why we're not an hotel is because we welcome everybody like they are residents in our home. And people... Often I'm doing the inductions and, and to this day still talking to the team directly. And, and, and I said to the team, just imagine you welcome someone to your home, to your own home. You offer them a drink. You show them around if they haven't been before. You make them feel comfortable. You're there if they need you, but if they don't and they just want to sit in the sofa and don't want to do anything, you, you're kind of okay with it. And that's the same we do in our, in our properties. And that's very much a philosophy that I've had in hospitality all the way along. And uh, Luton Who was a clear example of that. And, you know, it, it taught me a lot as a property as well. I mean, you know, the art of afternoon tea, definitely Luton Who uh, lended itself to it. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about afternoon tea back then. Well, that's and, another uh, another thing that this country does way better than anyone else in the incredible. world. Incredible. Yeah. incredible there aren't uh, there aren't any other countries any any other places that would do as well so and um, i kind of learned that and then it came a point in my career that you know i was working at luton who and i wanted to kind of get back a bit to i guess the position and the level that i had before coming to uk and um, I, I was approached by uh, by christian kaberg uh, who's a good friend of mine and christian says to me oh i want to he had just joined this property, which was called Western Manor in Oxfordshire. And um, it, it was a tough property. He was trying to rebrand it and, and so on. And he says, oh, I want you to come and, and help me to, to, to drive that property and change reputation and so on. So we did an entire rebranding exercise. You know, it was a really tough, really tough property. It taught me a huge amount of stuff. Uh, because I had to learn really quickly. And he taught me some lessons in, in my life as well. I worked for 13 months without a day off. And 
uh, and uh, and, and Christian the same. Yeah, and 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 Christian the same. To be fair to him, so and uh, we we were very good friends, but very good working as one team. And it was a tough tough property. We were trying to rebrand, build a reputation, make it profitable. We had lost money for a very long time, and. Uh, as I say, very, very challenging property. It taught me a lot in terms of my life and my personal life as well and how, how do you combine the two, which we'll probably uh, touch on it a, a bit later on. Don't worry, I've got a question on focus <laughs> and balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and um, at that point, after 13 months, we, we achieved, uh, we went from a two-star, being a property rated by AA as a two-star property, uh, we became four silver stars right at the beginning when silver stars actually appeared by AA. And to us, that was like a, a godsend and a huge achievement. And we were extremely proud of what the team had delivered. And at that point in time, I just thought, I, I need to I need to go and do do something else. I, I you know, uh, physically, mentally, I think I need to go and, and experience other property. Yeah. So I joined um, Stupperford Park in Leicestershire. And um, again, it had had a few challenges in terms of uh, service and service delivery and, um, you know, Bob joined them. And what an incredible property, a lot to offer, a great estate and um, and really incredible. And with so much that could could, could offer and uh, with quite a large team. So I joined as uh, operations manager and deputizing for, for, for the GM. And again, you know, dare I say, I've learned a lot throughout my career, and every time I've learned something from from my general managers or from my bosses per se. And I always say, you always learn something, either what to do or what not to do. Yeah, and for sure. So, <laughs> so, uh, and you know, fast forwards in 2015, I actually got married, and um, I was sitting on this uh, airplane to to go on on my honeymoon. Uh, to Mauritius, and I got a call from um, uh, from a recruitment agent that was recruiting for Bovi Castle in Devon, and uh, Bovi Castle had just been acquired uh, by Sir Peter Rigby, and they were trying to get into their aim was to get five red stars. Bovi Castle is an ac- amazing property again, and there's that uh, word uh, iconic <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, you know, it had had a few challenges with reputation, with change of ownership and so on. So I said, I remember saying to these agents at the time, I said, look, you know, I'm about to go on my honeymoon. If when I come back, the job is still there, then I will give you a call and or give me a call when I get back and then I will go and meet them and see see what they have to say. Yeah. And um, I ended up, came back, met uh, met with uh, with the team at uh, Eden Hotel Collection and Sir Peter Rigby, who I've got a huge amount of respect for. And um, I remember saying uh, saying to Sir Peter Rigby, and this is where my desire to succeed and always not let anything, anything uh, make you drop your aims. Sir Peter said to me, uh, oh, so how long do you think it's going to take you to make Bovi Castle a five red star property? I said, well, give me two years and I will make it happen. And uh, he was like, no, you're crazy. You're never going to do that. I mean, you know, no one has ever done it. You know, (laughs) you're not going to make it. And I said, well, we shall see. Give me the job and then we'll see. (laughs) There's only one way to find out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I've worked with this this amazing team and and several individuals, including Greg, who who is a resort director for the property. And uh, 
we've achieved five red stars in two years and uh, we've delivered because uh, we really create that family spirit so everybody understood what the red stars were about and uh, I've worked with Rachel Healy who's a great trainer and and uh, we've created uh, Bovi experience, which was about the team actually stay staying on site and experience it all and measure the journey if it was to a five red star standard or not. Yeah, and um, an incredible incredible journey is amazing property, a lot to offer, and what an incredible team we had. You know, we made it to five red stars. The following year, we made to Katie's. finalist for hotel of the year we made the restaurant uh, the restaurant uh, went to restaurant team of the year on the katie's as finalist as well so a lot of positive stories and all because we really had an amazing team that really strived to deliver the best to our guests and the best to each other as well yeah so and then uh in 2018 i kind of you know, had had worked for for Bovy Castle for for just over three years, and I generally, dare I say, I made a rule when I came to UK that I would do two to three years in each property, and I would keep progressing, I would keep moving because I wanted to keep myself fresh and not get bored. Because and hence again, going back to being busy all the time. Yep. So I I I left and and actually initially thought I'm gonna set up my own company. I was just gonna do consultancy for a while because I think you know that's quite fun. Uh, so I'll just do gonna do that, and so I did and um, set up my own consult uh, consultancy company and uh, you know it actually took off very quickly. And was having a few calls a week and a few meetings and everything was quite positive. But I was missing the buzz of actually being in an hotel and and being in charge of something. Right, and the connection to to because something. Yeah. As a consultant, you, you turn around, you give advice, you look at the strategy, and you give your opinion. But you you're never there to see if what you said actually works all the way through, or you know, it, it, it's not in your control anymore. Yeah. It, at least that was my view into it. So. I decided to join Iconic Luxury Hotels uh, at Clifton as a uh, operations director, and um, at, at that time, uh, literally we we had uh, we had the general manager in place and uh, deputy general manager, great people, very much so. You know, my focus was actually let me let me help Clifton to 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 get get the ducks in a row from a service perspective and just making sure everything is definitely as good as it should be with a big focus in food and beverage which was originally my background and then the following year the general manager resigned as he was taking a project um, somewhere else and and you know they, the iconic decided to promote me to general manager and um, there I say you know uh, this was in 2019 and you think okay well that's great I've got a good year ahead in 2020 and everything's going to be amazing and then... <laughs> what, what, and... what happens francisco <laughs> I, I still don't know to this day i'm still trying to find out yeah. <laughs> so and and you know i was really proud i had my you know being general manager of a property like clifton house was like wow yeah. This is, you know, a very proud anything, moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I was extremely proud, extremely proud of the team. Most of the team's been working with me since I've joined, which is incredible. And and I was really happy uh, back then. And then obviously, 
January 2020 comes and we, we had the best January ever at that point and February was really positive and we're thinking this is going to be our most amazing year. And then March uh, comes and um, you start looking at the cancellations going through and you start uh, scratching your head and trying to think, okay, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, and where's all the toilet paper gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how can we get this and, and how are you going to do that? And, you know, 23rd of March was, uh, 2020 was definitely the hardest moment in my career as an industry professional. Up till that point, I used to say I was a specialist in hotel openings because I did a few when I was working with Pestan Hotels, but I became a specialist in hotel closings during yeah. 2020. So, God, yeah. uh, so you always learn something and, and you need to look at the positive side of it. But that, that was definitely a very difficult moment, March, uh, March uh, 2020 uh, and closing and without knowing exactly what was happening with the team, when we would open again and, and so on. Yeah. So that was really, really challenging. But, you know, fast forward and and we, we've made it through and made it very strongly as well. And last year, as Iconic continues to evolve and, and develop and uh, Andrew Stembridge vision of growing Iconic and making making continue to, to, to lead the way in, in British hospitality, the entire team has, has looked at the entire structure and decided that there was a need for an operations directive for the entire collection. And uh, so I was promoted. However, one of my main points was always I wanted to still be Clifton general manager because, you know, A, I love Clifton. I love the team. And, you know, I'm so close to them. I, you know, they, 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 they're my hospitality family. Yeah. And um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to continue to be involved in a day-to-day operations because I always feared that if I was just running it, from a from an office per se, then then I wouldn't, you know, I I would miss that, and I would go back to almost like I felt when I was being a consultant kind of thing. Yeah. So and Andrew is like, no, definitely, we want you to carry on being being the channel manager at Clifton, and, and that's amazing, works really well. So, and and that's that's kind of how it happened, and here we are, as as I am the group ops director and still Clifton House general manager. Fantastic. I mean, the the one thing I love about your story all the way through there, actually, is you're driven by like a bigger purpose than chasing pound signs or euros or whatever. You know, in in a a few instances, you've taken a perceived step back in order to learn and then move forward. And um, a lot of people could learn from that, I think. I I, I agree. I think... I think, you know, a lot of people will look at it and go, okay, you've taken a step back. Why would you take a step back? But I think I think sometimes it gives you an opportunity for you to prove yourself and to prove your own theories and to prove that what you think it works actually works. But B, it gives you gives you another experience. And title is, you know, I, I like I like the title I have. There is no doubt about it. And it's important. But it's not how quick you get there that's that's important to me, is how how long you remain there because I think you can you can progress really quickly but you can come down extremely quickly as For well sure. yeah um absolutely so I think money money is not everything and uh, you know hopefully my bosses are not listening to that but yeah <laughs> money <laughs> money is everything yeah <laughs> that's what I meant so. yeah 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 so let's be clear um yeah but I, I you know I, I think that there's a lot of people who 
really just want to climb, climb, climb. And there's kind of no real plan as to why or what that journey looks like, because as you quite rightly say, you can, you can, this industry can get you climbing as quickly as you want to climb. The opportunities are incredible, but it's one thing to climb at pace without learning anything on the way. And if you keep getting jumped and promoted before you've actually really truly consolidated your learning, ultimately that catches up with you and, and you end up finding yourself out of your depth. And you learn the wrong way then, because yeah. actually you go, well, you kind of then need to take several steps back, not just one or two, because yeah. you need to go back to basics and learn those basics again. So so I think, you know, as long as you, you're constantly trying to learn as much as you can from the position, the property where you are, the people you work with, uh, going back to what I was saying, you always learn something being what to do or what not to do. You, yeah. You're always learning. And, and, and I think, you know, having that mentality definitely helps you in, in this industry. So Yeah, absolutely. And well, I mean, now you're kind of juggling two roles, I suppose. What does it what does that take? What's uh, how do you because that's I mean, that's not something that happens everywhere. That's uh, very unique to, to what you guys are doing. So how do you Definitely. juggle the two? I think, again, my my day starts very early. You know, I wake up extremely early. I look at my emails before I come to work. I come to work. I go on the floor. If I'm at Clifton, I go on the floor, see the people, see the team, see the guests, have a conversation. And then, you know, then try and juggle emails and so on. So my best time replying emails or actually sitting in an office is very early in the morning or very late in the day. So actually... And, and there I say, because I always say that if you reply to the email, no one's going to answer back straight away. So so you've got, you bought yourself 24 hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, That's what I'm doing wrong. Because I, I always say that you, if during the day you constantly, and, and I'm, I try to, I, I answer a lot of my emails on the go and, and, and constantly on, on walk arounds, but I think if you if you're constantly replying during the day, you're constantly getting an answer back. So you you, you always you think you start the day with a hundred emails and you've got a hundred emails still to deal with at the end of the day. So if you balance and you pace that, then then I always think that is a bit better. But most of my day is spent talking to people, being our guests or our team, and that's the same being being at Clifton or being in any of the other iconic properties is about the engagement with the team, being being the general managers or or even in any other team members um because you know the team is our most important asset yeah we we run and we're lucky we've got some or the most iconic properties in the country some would would argue but a nice building you can build anywhere in the world you can you know bricks and mortar you you can put together and you can build you can design you can build the team you can only you know, you can only get them together by working with them, by making them feel that you're part of the, the solution and not and they're part of that bigger picture. So we're nothing without our team members. We've got 800 employees across Iconic, um, circa 200 at, at Clifton. And we're nothing without them. Yeah. Literally, we're, we're nothing without our team. And, and, and they are incredible. They deliver, they deliver amazing experiences, amazing moments to, 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 to our guests day in, day out. And uh, I think, you know, as I say, you know, it, it, there isn't a ratio of what I spend being a Clifton general manager or what I spend being iconic because 
you know, in all honesty, I don't look at the hours I work. I kind of just, I do what I need to do. And I go home when I feel that I've achieved what I needed to achieve on that day. Yeah. But one rule that I've got, I always leave my inbox completely clear at the end of the day. Always. Right. So right. It's, 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 and, and that's, that's just because otherwise you leave something for tomorrow and then tomorrow morning you've got another one and then you've got another yeah. one and it ends up, ends up being very difficult to get back to. Yeah. So for somebody who, here's this question, somebody who is, I suppose, keeping themselves busy, keeping that focus high, how do you, where do you get the balance? Because obviously it's not healthy to stay in that place the whole time. Your your brain needs its moments to, to shut down. Yeah. Or, am I, or am I retracting my question? No, no. <laughs> you, 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 it's, it's a difficult but not so difficult uh, question. Everybody that knows me quite well would say that my brain works at 200 miles an hour all the time. And uh, I'm constantly thinking about the next big thing or the next big project or something else. Well, what are we working on? Yeah. And that's very much how I work. I think, you know, if anything, uh, you have to learn that it's not all about your professional life and you need to dedicate time to your personal life. And um, there I say, you know, throughout my career, I've put a lot of effort into my professional uh, piece and at, at points in detriment of my, my personal life. And, you know, thank God, that, you know, I've been with my wife, we've married for, for seven years, but we've been together for 17. So, uh, so, so she, she's the most amazing support and, and, and the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, rock really that keeps me grounded per se. But she's also the one that has allowed me to flourish in the sense that, you know, she's allowed me to, to dedicate a lot of time to my professional life yeah. and, and continue to chase what I wanted to, to, to achieve. So I think it's very difficult to find a balance, especially if you're very career driven. But, you know, ultimately, as long as you've got a sense of um, achievement at the end of the day, being from your professional life or from your personal life, then then you know you've achieved something yeah. and, uh, and, and you kind of feel satisfied that at least you're happy but it, it, it's it's not easy definitely not easy you always feel like oh i'm just going to answer another email i'm just going to i'm just going to deal with this now and you know you go away on holiday and you know so you need to you need to put some time into your diary where where you actually block time to do other things a big example that um, i've got you know my calendar doesn't allow well it does allow me but it doesn't allow anyone to book anything in my calendar before 10 o'clock in the morning and right. it's not because i don't it's not because i don't come to to the properties before 10 it's actually to ensure that i've got enough time to get into the building see the people see the team see the guests have a conversation and then eventually the calls may start or wherever it may be now with virtual calls and then in the evening uh, at five o'clock every day, very rarely I will allow any any meetings to be booked in. And the reason I do that, I actually block some time out so where I can just get my thoughts on the day and and how the day went, what else I should focus on moving forward. Yeah. Almost like a constant improvement analysis. You're constantly looking at what you've done well, what you could have done better, and how can you how can you make it better tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's journaling, isn't it, really? I suppose everybody talks about that as an important part of a personal routine that, you know, uh, but it's important in business as well, that you continually improve and continually look for that extra 
Uh, Definitely. And I learned this actually very early in my career. I worked with, uh, with uh, Joan Scherer, who was director of restaurants and, and uh, back 20 years ago. And uh, he used to say to me, Francisco, if you want to continuously improve what you do as a waiter, as a restaurant manager and so on, write down every day in your diary what you've done extremely well, uh, what happened, how did you deal with it? And every year on that same day, go back to your previous years and see, knowing what you know today, how would you have dealt with it? Interesting. And it's incredible because every year, you've developed yourself, you've learned something, you've had some personal situations in life or whatever may happen that has shifted your mindset. So you look at things with a completely different perspective. And I did that for, for many years. I guess, you know, not, not as much now with the diary. I don't do it with the diary, but I still very much do the same thing of going back and look and think, okay, well, I did that. Mm, maybe I would have done this instead, or mm. I would have dealt with it this way. And I think that actually makes you a, a lot better because you've gone through the different scenarios, how you dealt with, how potentially you could deal with, it, and you know, knowing what you know today. And every year, you kind of you can see your involvement as well as as you've evolved as an individual as as a professional. So. Yeah, and and that's important because I think a lot of the time you don't really appreciate that you are developing. Like if you're just in the moment and you're just, you know, this is what we've got to deal with today and you deal with it and you move on to the next day and so on. But actually, if you look back on that and how you might have dealt with it differently and knowing what you know now uh, and all of these, so I can see the value in that. It's much like um, when you, you like if you, if you have an action plan for your business and, you know, you, you move stuff off the action plan yeah. because it gets actioned, don't bin it keep a, an action plan of all the stuff you've achieved. And then when you're having these dark moments where you go, we're, we're not getting anywhere. Sometimes look at where you've come from and that can really help I you. Couldn't agree more. I think you know, it's crucial that you never find yourself in an hamster wheel where you're constantly just trying to get on that wheel and the wheel is running faster, but you can't get out of it. So, yeah. and I think it is important that you've got the times to actually stop that wheel and, and reanalyze everything you've done focusing the achievements you've had and, uh, and and how can you become better as you move forward and how can you help your team? How can you help your people, your guests to have a better experience as well? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to move it back onto lighthearted uh, for, for a split second. Do you have any funny stories from your career that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I was working with uh, another Portuguese guy, uh, uh, back 12 years ago, I think, and uh, I was working at Luton Hoo, and we were serving afternoon tea, and afternoon tea is a bit of an institution, and this uh, this guy, he had just arrived to UK as well. He had reasonably English, but but again, you know, some words in different counties can, can mean different things. So we had this lady saying to, saying to him, and I won't mention his name just to protect him, this lady said to him, oh, can you show me the cloakroom could you show me the way to the clock room? And she literally meant the toilets and, and blues and so on. Right. And he thought it was the clock room where they had the coats and everything. Okay. So you can see where this is going. So as, <laughs> as, as hospitality goes, he looked at the lady and he said, oh, let me show you the way and let me help you with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
so you know i was just at the side and i'm looking at him and and i'm looking at this lady really confused and she's like what the hell you know and he's like no no, no i will i'll take you the i'll take you there and i will help you with it <laughs> and he was trying to say i'm going to help you with your coat and, and so on putting your coat yeah. wherever but obviously the lady wanted to go to the toilet so and until i had to say just the lady actually means the toilet. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And, you know, the lady was then laughing her head off on it. But initially the reaction was like, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and that's um, the more you say something like that in a situation, the worse it gets as well, right? No, yeah, I'm going yeah, exactly. to help you. I'm going to help you. Oh, I'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want any help. <laughs> Uh, no, that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. This is a, one of the things I love about this industry is that little moments like that can just creep up on you at any time. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you can you can find the fun everywhere if you <laughs> if you you don't even have to look that hard to be honest. No, no, it's very easy. I mean, in hospitality, it's always a fun environment because we end up we end up taking a piss out of each other all the time, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But I mean, that's that's families, right? That's um, exactly. That, yeah, that is, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the, the relationship I have with my brother. That's if people didn't know we were brothers, they'd think we were enemies. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, definitely. No, that's cool. You're you're a master in holder. I am. <laughs> so so just talk for because this is a, actually we've had a, a few master in holders on the show, but we've not really ever delved into what that is. So mm. I, I actually today I wanted to just ask you quickly to kind of just really talk to us about what what being a master in holder is all about. Well, I became master in holder last year at the age of thirty five, which was. I think you know my proudest moments in my my career, yeah. Uh, because I always aspired to be a master and holder. Because master and holders, in my opinion, and as the organisation stands for, uh, we continue to show and lead the way in terms of hospitality and and driving the standards and maintaining those standards at the highest level possible. Yeah, and that's what we as master and holders uh, try to do and advocate for but also the best standards and the highest standards in how do we look after our teams, which the likes of Sally Beck having set up Ottilia's Charter, which again is an amazing initiative. And everything we do is about maintaining the very high standards of our industry and, and protecting them, but also yeah. developing people, really developing, nurture and, 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 and support people through their career, being in a way of mentoring, being the St. Julian Scholars, being just a way of networking as well, because the more you network, the more people you meet, the 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 the, the better you become at, at at networking. The better you become at at having conversations. And you know, dare I say, uh, uh, and I always give this advice when we talk about networking. Everyone in that same room as you are has been in your shoes before, and they maybe didn't know anyone, and they felt exactly the same. And if you're in a networking event and you go up and you talk to someone, no one's going to turn around and leave you speaking on your own. So everybody's yeah. going to answer that. So, uh, but mastering holders is very much about about um, supporting the industry in terms of maintaining its high standards and developing it and nurture nurture the leaders of tomorrow, uh, not the ones of today, but the, the, the ones of tomorrow and how they can they continue to drive that forward. Yeah. As an organization, there aren't there aren't a lot of master and holders. 
but is um, is a company that has been uh, the company of Ian Holders uh, has has been evolving over over many years, and uh, you know it all started with um, back in fifteenth century actually, and and all about okay. Talk us the... through that then, all from the fifteenth century. Oh, God, God, <laughs> uh, you know, but but it started with the innkeepers effectively, and and that was a way of being hospitable in their environments, their pubs, and and so on. So it yeah. was all based around the hospitality piece, and the master in holders in hospitality was set in nineteen seventy five, but. But with the same, on then 1974, the inholder is going to be listening to it and say, oh, he got that that date wrong. Yeah, um, but talk about talk about. Yeah, but uh, but it started with with giving back to the industry, with very much uh, very much supporting the industry to driving those standards and looking after for one another. Yeah, and I think that's what we do today still, and uh, the company will continue to evolve, and uh, no doubt. But um, you know, I I always had it on my bucket list if we like and that one day i would made it to i would make it to it a to demystify i guess the reputation that was only for people that have worked in the industry for 50 years and they get that when they're about to retire because as much as i wish for no i do i wouldn't but uh, uh, you know i'm not about <laughs> to retire yet but you know i wanted to demystify that that image that people have that you actually need to be Need to be very, very, very close to your retirement, or yeah. no, no retirement age, and I wanted to show to people that actually no, it's all about you leading the way in driving the standards and supporting the industry and continue to give back, commit to give back to the industry, and um, so so I, I got awarded last year with with another nine amazing individuals and. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I, I could talk for hours about it, but uh, it's definitely the most or the proudest moment of my career. Fantastic as well. And I think it also demonstrates that, you know, OK, you're well, you must be 36 now, I suppose, based yeah. on what you've just yeah. said. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, quite quite young for the role that you have for, for yeah. as you say, becoming a master in holder. But actually, you know, that old cliche of if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. You know, it doesn't really matter. Age is not a barrier to anything, and it shouldn't be. Being that you're you're older or younger, ultimately, is uh, as much effort you put in, as much you try to learn from it and develop. Yep. And if you're constantly looking to to improve yourself and be a better version of yourself, then then you're in the right uh, right direction. I you know I I don't really look at ages at all. You know, numbers are numbers, and I think I think is a bit irrelevant to be fair because if you if you're older when you get to hospitality when you get to work in hospitality then you've got an entire experience of life um that that will help you massively in this industry if you're very young you've learned very young how the industry evolves and 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 how people and people you will have a lot of people supporting you and coaching you so mm. so i think you know there there is huge benefits on 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 experience so. absolutely talent and attitude you can go far with those two things and and talent can be developed. Attitude comes from within. Yeah, it, we, we you know we say it all the time. We 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 hire from, with attitude. We hire people with attitudes because the skill set we can train them. Yeah, uh, we can coach them, and um, we you know the attitude is very hard to change. But if they've got the right attitude, then the rest will give them will give them all the skill set for it. So. Mm. Yeah, 
absolutely. Great stuff. A couple of more questions quickly before we I'll send you on your merry way. Um, what's what's the next year got in store for for the company? Um, as a company, we look to we look to evolve, we look to grow. Um, so we we will be looking to to potentially develop some synergies. We've got some projects as well happening within within each of our properties, both at Ligon Arms and 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 Chewton Glen. But also we're looking to potentially for acquiring an, a, a more iconic properties if they ever come available. So right. so as as we look to to grow our our collection with properties that are add value to, to what we already do and add value to our guests and to, 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 to our regulars. I mean, we currently have circa 50% of our guests visit each of our properties and they, they, they go and, and they, they, they go around each of the properties mm. and uh, we want to continue to grow on that. And um, if we've got more properties, then, you know, it, it, it will continue to grow that because if people are going up north or further south or southwest or wherever, then if we've got a property there, people will be looking for an iconic property where they can they can go and stay. Um, so so that's part of what what we do. But certainly sharing synergies and and ensuring that we we share best practices, we learn from it, and um, whatever mistake we've done in one property, we're we, we're perhaps not committing on the second property because we've learned we've learned from that. So it's a lot of, a lot of that. But as a company, is exciting times. You know, we've got we've got an amazing exec director, Andrew Stembridge, which I'm sure you, you've heard of. And legend, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if anyone talks me through who, who's, uh, you know, who who do I look for every day is, you know, to me, and not not because he is my my uh, current boss, uh, because he he knows I'm not that kind of guy. I wouldn't I wouldn't, but uh, he he he's incredible. He's achieved a lot in his career, and uh, again from a very young age. And and I think you know I always look up with his uh, to to his way of thinking and innovative approach. To, to hospitality and um, you know he has has led the way in many many initiatives in, in this country so and I think that you know my role is very much supporting him and the rest of the uh, strategic team to, to deliver in our objectives which is growing growing the company and and become better at what we do on a daily basis absolutely and if you're listening mr. Stembridge I will happily have you on the show one day <laughs> but all in good time all in sure. good time yeah no that's great um final question before you go what are your top three reasons for somebody to to join hospitality as a career? Why wouldn't you? Well, I think there are there are a million different reasons, but uh, it's a fun industry. It's flexible. You can work part time. You can work nights. You can work days. You can work half days. You can do split shifts. You can do a couple of hours a day. You can do whatever you want effectively, and there will be a role for you. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. You've got fun. You've got tough moments, but you've got a lot of fun. And you meet people that you wouldn't you wouldn't have an opportunity to meet uh, otherwise. The most rewarding industry uh, for sure, and and you know anyone can argue wherever they feel, but I don't think there is any other any other industry that is as rewarding. Where every single day you go home thinking, I've done something. You know, I feel proud that that guest had the most amazing time, or that team member is really well looked after and you know they're, they're really happy working with us and uh, they're really keen to to progress in their career or when you've promoted someone or when you help them to to grow you coach them you mentor them i i mean it's an amazing industry if anyone out there listening to this 
to come and join, pick the right mentor, pick and pick the right person, you know, don't look for the company only look for the right person to guide you through that career because they will help you and they will make you succeed. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, it's an industry I love is an industry that I breed. So <laughs> And if anybody's in any doubt about that, go and watch this section on YouTube because um, you just came alive then when I, uh, when we started talking about it. You're very, very animated. Uh, so you, you're clearly passionate about about the industry. And that's great. That means you're in the right place. Um, you can do your, your greatest work and inspire more people to do the same. And actually the point you made there about, you know, the tough moments where the tough moments are inevitable in any industry. And uh, and actually, you shouldn't be trying to avoid tough moments in your life. That's my view. You know, your comfort is the enemy of progress. I think that was that's a saying somewhere. That's I think that's two cliches yeah. now I've dropped into yeah. the conversation. So it is very much that element that you're going to learn from it. You're going to yeah. learn from those tough moments, and 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 you know you're going to learn from your tough managers. You're going to learn from anyone. And from anything that happens in your life, just analyze it, see how could you have avoided. And, you know, not dropping Clifton in it, but our vision is respecting the past and perfecting the future. And I very much use that in all my, in everything I do. Because I think if you always respect what has happened to you and you look into ways of making it better in the future, then then that suddenly, it, it's it's what it is all about. Those tough moments is your past, and you're going to make it. You're going to learn from it. You're going to make your future be perfect, or yep. as perfect as it can be. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful stuff. Well, if, if people want to get a hold of you to learn about you, the company, anything really around hospitality or life, uh, what are the what's the best method for them to get in touch with you? I mean, anything really, LinkedIn, email, social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I don't do much of Facebook. And uh, WhatsApp uh, is probably, probably the easiest. My number is on my LinkedIn profile. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem in sharing. And I don't have a problem in, in, in talking to, to anyone, even, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, luckily in my career, I've had people contacting me out of the blue and they just go, oh, can I just ask you something? And I go, yeah, of course. And 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 then they, they tell you and you kind of go and you kind of go, oh, why are you calling me? You know, why why you didn't call someone else and so on. So I always think that, you know, you you can never, you're always learning both ways as well. Even if someone is just asking you a question, you're actually learning totally. as well from it. So, yeah, um, that's the so, thing about mentoring, isn't it? It's actually a two way yeah. thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, so. it's great for, for people who have career maturity to have fresh ideas put in their head, you know? Absolutely. O- otherwise, you, you, you know, it uh, goes back to, to someone used to say to me, no matter how good you think you are, there is always someone out there that is better than you. So, and so you're always learning and you can always do better. So. Yeah, totally. And that's a wonderfully positive way to end our chat and uh i thank you massively for for taking the time out of your phenomenally ridiculous schedule to to talk us through your story and and thanks for sharing so openly thank you thank you take care speak to you soon take care and there we have it what a wonderful story so far from francisco with some excellent thoughts and lessons i can't wait to get out to clifton house and experience his hospitality firsthand We will, of course, be back next Wednesday with another cracking story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.